Cross your I's and dot your T's, a pirate's intro. I didn't learn to read until I was halfway through the first grade. Reading was work, hard work, and not the rewarding kind. For years, I struggled through reading at school, doing so slower and with longer vowels than anyone else. This befuddled my mother. I was a pretty sharp kid in all other aspects of life. I was a math whiz, a science pro, relatively talented with my violin, and I could repeat the facts I learned on Sesame Street from memory. Why couldn't I read? At the end of second grade, I was still phonetically sounding out basketball, so she took me in for some testing. When the results came back, the doctor pulled my mom aside and told her I had a learning disability referred to as cross-dominance. Cross what? I know, you've never heard of it before either, but it's a real thing. In case you don't want to Google it, I'll give you the skinny. Most people have a dominant half, meaning information goes in primarily through one eye or ear, processes in the brain, and comes out instructing the dominant side of the body to perform a correlating motor function. For example, when someone sees a soccer ball, information processes mostly through the dominant eye, and the brain tells the dominant leg to kick the ball. Oftentimes, people with cross-dominance mix up these signals and use alternating sides of the body instead of a consistently dominant one. Cross-dominance also affects the way the brain processes cognitive functions. A normal person reads as follows. The dominant eye seeds the word matriculation. Information processes mostly in the dominant side of the brain, and the mouth says matriculation. In my case, the left eye sees the word matriculation. It goes into my brain where the signals get passed around and the word switches up and it comes out my mouth, bran muffin. I don't know, ask my doctor. Basically, it's a lot like dyslexia, only completely different. Anyways, with this new knowledge, it was recommended that I undergo eye therapy a few times a week to help my non-dominant eye catch up and maybe teach my brain how to process information in a more organized manner. I was also given a series of exercises to do at home during the week. This included the task of wearing an eye patch over my dominant eye for an hour every day. Oh, the agony. Wearing the eye patch was awful, until one day I came across a disposable pirate hat in my closet and it clicked. I wasn't a weird girl stuck in an eye patch. I was a pirate stuck in a weird suburban backyard. From that time forward, I spent at least an hour every day turning the swing set into a giant pirate ship, where I played Captain Davy and made my sister and our friend Mary walk the plank. Arr! Even after the mandatory eye patch time came to an end, my fascination with the swashbuckling riffraff remained. Pirates rarely shower, have a random and effortlessly cool sense of style, and if you turn a blind eye to all the plundering, they are really just in search of treasure. I can relate to all these things. More than anything, though, I have always admired the pirate attitude. Pirates don't take orders or ask permission. They do what they want. Allow me to clarify. If your mother asks you to do the dishes, do not pull out your pirate attitude. But if someone tells you you're not good enough, says your dreams are too lofty, or claims there is no room in show business for a dancing violinist, well then, by all means, pull out your eye patch, my friend, and take to the high seas. That's my way of saying, do it anyway. The reason people said I would never succeed is the very reason I did succeed. Because I'm different. That's not to say I've tried to stand out, 
But when given the choice of being a weird kid in an eye patch or a pirate, the answer was easy. I want to say it is still easy, but I can't lie to you like that. Sometimes being the only pirate is hard, and that's okay too. With the help of Captain Davy's accessory, my reading improved over the years, but I still spell worse than the average bear. Anyone who follows me on social media knows this to be true. My fans are constantly screen-grabbing my spelling errors. It's a little game they play. Unfortunately, since you're listening to the audiobook, you won't be able to see any of my printed mistakes. Now, my editor asked me to clarify that this refers only to spelling mistakes, and he cannot protect me from any other form of embarrassment in this book. Potato, potato. Shall we get this party started?